singing that again. Aren't, aren't we grateful? Thankful. Eternally, God is faithful. God's faithful. But sometimes we're not. And uh, if we count on him to be faithful, Tyler prayed this morning in the early service and however he worded it, I just it was good just that God is faithful. And uh, how we need that. Over the last few weeks, if you're visiting with us, we're delighted that you're here. But uh, over the last few weeks, in conjunction with our Wednesday night uh, fight, which stands for Focus Intentionally on God, Truth, and Home, this coming Wednesday night will be our last one. But the sermons I've tied in have been family all the way back to Father's Day and family. And then we talked about the nation around 4th of July. But nations that God deals with are made up of families and made up of people. And... Uh, Last week I talked about forgiveness and unforgiveness. I used the illustration, those of you that have ever fished know that sometimes the line can get a backlash and the fishing line just gets all wadded up and how unforgiveness, and we see this in the people in the Bible that God's using, and it just gets all entangled, very convoluted sometimes our lives are with either forgiveness and especially with unforgiveness. And the subject this matter is, is true as well. The, the title of the sermon is The Truth About Lying. I can tell you when I, you know, I've, I've talked about lying in sermons before. I don't know if I've just specifically, intentionally looked at how much scripture that talks about lying. So we're going to look today at the truth about lying, but how lying affects families, uh, damaging sometimes. I mean, horrible damage. And uh, so, what is what is the root cause of of lying? What is the root cause of lying? Why do we naturally? Sometimes just automatically think, well, I'll just tell a lie. How does lying destroy trust? We know how important trust is to relationships, but we know that lying can damage it. We know how important it is to have trust and to not lie, not live lies. Who's the father of lies? Satan is. We'll look at that passage in a moment. He's the father of lies, so we know this. He exists and he likes to pour lies into our lives. That entanglement I also talked about, sometimes it can look so convoluted and so entangled. It's like when you clean the shower drain out. I'm sure y'all are glad I'm showing that illustration again. You get all that water hair out of there. I mean, it looks messy. But I'm telling you, lying makes it look messy in your relationship so bad. Uh, Brad Barnes is here. I'll give him credit on Wednesday night because he was laughing. They were talking about pulling all that hair out of the drain. He had a good description. He said it looks like Chewbacca. You know, you get that what Chewbacca, the guy on the Star Wars, and you pull him out of there. But it does, though. It just, our lives sometimes can get so messy. So let's talk about the truth about lying. The Bible does speak strongly against lying. It causes not only a lot of problems in families, but businesses, government, schools, politics, churches. You look at all that, that's why we need judges sometimes because they deal with lying, trying to get the truth. You swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Maybe you're feeling hurt this morning. Maybe you're, you're angry already. You're going, man, I got lied about this week. I've been slandered. I recently uh, prayed with somebody here at church. They, uh reputation had been slandered on social media. and uh, They were considering taking action because it had damaged their reputation. So this does happen. 
So maybe you're feeling the anger or the hurt of it, or perhaps maybe you already kind of feel convicted. Oh, man, I, I know I, I lied to somebody this week, and Lord, that's what the preacher's talking about. I thought about asking for a show of hands of those who would admit that you have lied, but I'm not going to do that, so don't, don't, everybody's like, oh, man, I wanted to raise my hand up. But I got to thinking about it, and I, and I realized that everybody should raise your hand, but if you didn't, then I was going to call you a liar, but I decided to do it this way. I decided to be nice about it, and I'm just going to go ahead after the conviction I felt in preparing for this sermon is, y'all are all a bunch of liars, <laughs> me included. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Paula. I need to see you right after church, if you would. <laughs> Let's start off with Exodus 20, verse 16. Exodus 20, 16 says, You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That's lying, to, to bear a false witness against him. So that's the Ten Commandments. We're already talking about lying. Don't, don't, don't bear false witness. Don't lie about it. In Proverbs 26 and 28, it says that a lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it. A lying tongue hates those who are crushed by it. And a flattering mouth can work ruin. And it, it does. Look at Proverbs 12, 22. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. This is not only the passage that directly says that. We'll look at another one later. But lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. God delights in those who, who honor truth and who deal truthfully. But lying lips are an abomination to him. Now there are all types and forms of lying. I'm just going to throw some out here and because again, somebody might be saying, well, I, you asked me to raise up my hand while I go, I, I, don't, I don't believe in lying, I don't just tell bold-faced lies, but lies can come in a lot of different forms, so here's, here's some of them. Slandering, I mentioned earlier, you can slander somebody. Insinuations, just to insinuate something, just sort of throw it out there as a teaser, but let it hang there, and it's not a full truth. Insinuation, gossip, things that you you don't really know that are true, but you, you, you spread it. Shading the truth. Little white lie. Little white lie. Fib. We call them different things. And I, I do realize they're not the same as a, a bold-faced lie when there's intent to harm somebody. And then there were two or three guys after church, I won't name names, and they said, what if my wife comes to me and asks me, you know, those questions y'all ask us ladies, you know, how do I, does this look, does this look, make me look slim? Or, you know, do you know, you going to do it? I told them to lie. I said, just say you look, honey, you look good in anything. Manipulation. Sometimes we, we can just manipulate the situation just by saying something. That's lying. Deception. Deception, leaving a part of the truth out that you know is going to cause harm. Did you just leave that out? That's still lying. False witness, we already looked at. False scale. Proverbs has many passages on that. Here's one out of Proverbs 20, verse 23. Diverse weights are an abomination to the Lord. And dishonest scales are not good. Let me give you an example. 
we were in a, in a land far, far away in a community. So that way you don't know where it was at. We pastored different places. But the local grocer, he was arrested. And several charges were made of how he was running the grocery store. One of which was he'd been taking 10-pound bags of potato and actually paying the employees to keep quiet but out back take one or two potatoes out, sell it as a 10-pound bag, and then had some extra bags and making up some more bags with those. He was making a little extra money. been doing that for a long time. That's dishonest skills. That's diverse weights. It's a form of lying. Here's another, here's another in 1 Timothy. This is a little bit different, but it's deceptive among Christians and stuff, and this can happen. 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith. In other words, what faith we knew, what truth we knew, we were operating in. In latter times many will begin to depart from the faith and then they will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And listen to the next line, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. You can see more and more even in our society that people's conscience is not the same anymore. It's been seared. It's not pliable in conviction terms because it's been seared. So there's lies. Lies of hypocrisy. What is hypocrisy? This is one definition. It's the practice of claiming to have moral standards or beliefs to which one's own behavior does not conform. That's a pretense. The practice of claiming to have some moral standard or belief to which one's own behavior does not conform. That's, that's lying and hypocrisy. Here's a couple of quotes too I thought about deception, manipulation that really is connected to lying. And Here's two quotes, there are many, but some people... Some people will only love you as much as they can use you. Their loyalty ends where the benefits stop. That, that's living a lie. Because some people will only love you as much as they can use you. That's lying. Another quote, many, many people project their own character defects onto their victims. Many people project their own character defects onto their victims. They do this by accusing the victim of the exact actions they themselves do, but deny. I just call it, a lot of us are guilty of that. Things that we see bad and then we project it on somebody else and then we deny. That's just lying to ourselves. That's lying to the person in the mirror. But then you're using that deception against somebody else. It's really all just a form of lying. I asked in the 3D devotion that went out, and I've shared this story before, but it, it'll tie in, and I'll probably use it again Wednesday night as we talk about discipline in our children, and I know we all do that differently, but have you ever lied to your grandmother? Now, don't raise your hand. I have. Chris, I saw your hand go, oh, you were just scratching yourself. Okay, all right. That. Have you ever lied to your grandmother? I mean, who lies to their grandmother? You're a preacher. I think I was about 10. I had gotten a pocket knife and 
that night, on, it was on a Friday night, my cousin was spending night with me, so he was down there at Granny's too, and, and I didn't think anybody was watching, but I, I needed to work that knife. I needed to, so Granny's table down on the end, way back up underneath, and nobody could see it, and it wasn't a, I made a little cut up underneath there. And we went home, and the next morning, my grandmother called, talked to my cousin first, and I was listening in, I could tell the conversation. No, ma'am, I, I didn't cut on your table. Oh, my goodness. So then I'm on the phone next. No, ma'am, wasn't me. I don't, I don't know who would do something like that. I, I, I didn't, no, ma'am. Well, praise God, I was quickly under conviction. And I, went, I, remember, I remember it so well. I, I remember going to the living room, and I'm just, I'm miserable. And I'm, praise God, I was instantly miserable. And mother walked in there just for some reason. I did it. I did it, Mama. I did it. I mean, I was just like broken. I was confessed it right there. And then Daddy came in here. You lied to your grandmother? With that new pocket knife you cut on her table? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would you want to go apologize to her first? Or you want to take your whipping first? Oh, I, I, I think we need to go down and apologize to her first. I thought, well, that'll cool him off, you know. But I got back, and I, I told you what happened. Daddy, Daddy took a belt, and for those of you who don't believe in that type of discipline, my dad did, and he, he, I, I'm the better for it, I promise you. But if you choose to use other forms of discipline, that's fine. He chose a belt. The reason I think I was 10, because he gave me 10 licks, and he made me count them, and he hit me hard. And I was crying, And uh, but as my dad often did, and I didn't get that many whippings, but I deserved that one. I knew it. But I'm still sitting there, <coughs> you know, and, and he... He did as he often did, put his arm around me and said, do you understand how much I love you? Yeah, I can, I can tell. <laughs> Y'all know how we do, parents, and young parents will say it too, you know, this, this hurts me a lot worse than it's going to hurt you. Well, then give it to yourself is what I used to think. But he put his arms around me and he, he said, I want you to know I love you, but I want you to understand why I gave you this whipping. It's not because you cut on the table, but because you lied. Son, you cannot lie. And do you understand if you ever lie again, if I ever catch another one, do you understand what I'll do? Yes, sir, I know. But he said, I love you. He said, but this is over. This is done. We're not going to discuss it anymore. Go outside and have a great day. I mean, that was basically the conversation. But I've never forgotten it to this day. Have I lied since then? I have. Because I remember that whipping. Now, let me read to you a very disturbing story in the book of Acts. I'm not going to have it up on the screen, but you can read it in Acts 5, and you've heard it before. If you're reading in the book of Acts, this is one of them, let's just skip over that, because I don't understand that anyway. That just freaks me out. So let's, let's wrestle with it. Acts, the fifth chapter. Begin reading in verse 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. They sold some land. And he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also, being aware of it, and brought a certain part, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. So many people were selling possessions, were coming together, kind of having communal living. I think partly because they thought the Lord was going to be coming back. This is after Christ has risen from the dead. He's ascended unto the Father. He's seated at the right hand, but he said, I shall come in like manner. So they thought, hey, he's going to be back in a few weeks, a few months, a few years. And so they're selling their possessions. And so they come in, in verse 3. And Simon Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Simon Peter 
perhaps was given a word of discernment, a word of knowledge, because he knew this information. Or maybe he heard some guys talking, and that, oh, yeah, hey, old Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their land. Yeah, I heard they sold it to the realtor for this much. Maybe he'd heard a conversation. But nonetheless, the Lord gave him insight into it. And so Simon Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? He said, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? You see, we are stewards. We're just stewards of everything that God has given us. But he owns all of it. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied to men, but you lied to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Let me paraphrase that for you. He dropped dead. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things, those who witnessed these things. Oh, my goodness. Fear came upon them. The young men arose, and they wrapped him up. They carried him out, and they buried him. His wife was unaware of this. So now it tells us that about three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, Simon Peter asked her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. Yep, that's what we sold it for. That's exactly how much we sold it for. Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they're about to carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet, and she breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. They carried her out, and they buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and of all who heard these things. I want to ask you something, and you hear this and you've read it before, but what does this passage say to you? Now, I've been wrestling with it. I've been under conviction. I do every time I read it. But as you hear it, as you read it, you and God, what does it say to you? Is it possible if they lied to the Holy Spirit, then could I? Is it possible, and I think part of the lesson in that story, because it's in the Bible, I mean, it's here. I wish we, you know, could we just not said that story? But it's there, and so we've got to do something with it. So perhaps they were living a lie of hypocrisy. Were they pretend disciples? Just pretending to be something that they weren't, apparently. So is it possible for that to happen to us, just to become pretend Christians? Do I, do I serve God completely? Am I, have I, do I daily give my life to Him? Lord, use my life today. And I, I thought about it one of the mornings as I reread it, I was thinking about the sermon, I remembered Isaiah Remember in Isaiah, the sixth chapter, and Isaiah came into the presence of God, and he had already been preaching. If you read the first five chapters, you'll see several things that Isaiah did. He started pointing his finger at the choir members. Woe are you that do this, and woe are you that do that, and woe are you that you read. But then in chapter six, when he got before a holy God, he got before in the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God. Remember what his expression was? Woe is me. So reading this story, 
king for that woe is me. Isaiah says it this way, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Here's a couple of more scriptures about the truth about lying. Proverbs 6, 6 through 19, I think that's up on the screen. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. So he's going to list seven things. Now he's going to specifically mention two of them directly about lying, but even some of the others are indirectly about lying. So six things God hates, abomination to him, seven. A proud look, that haughty, arrogant attitude. A proud look, a lying tongue, that's the second one. Just point blank, a lying tongue is an abomination. Hands that shed innocent blood, which can be used by lying. A heart that devises wicked plans, which you can use lying to do that. Feet that are swift in running to evil. Then the sixth one, a false witness who speaks lies. And then the last one, and one who sows discord among the brethren, which can be done with lies and gossip. So we, we say God, he, he don't like lying. I don't know any other way to put it. And then the last scripture that I'll read is one that Jesus said as he was talking to religious folks. In John 8, 44 and 45, Jesus said, You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer, speaking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. And he does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and he's the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. So we can go all the way back to Genesis. We can already see the father of lies. As he lied to Adam and Eve. Deceptive. He manipulated them. Surely you nothing will happen to you if you eat of that tree. You go ahead and eat that tree. It looks pretty good. He deceptive. It was a lie. And Adam and Eve believed a lie. They didn't believe the truth that God had told them. The day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now I realize Adam and Eve didn't drop dead right then, but they began to die right then. And I don't know if you noticed, people have been dying ever since. God is the God of his word. He doesn't like lying. Now, I know I've thrown out a lot of heavy stuff to you, and if you need to go see my daddy and get a belt whooping, you just see me. I'll get him there. Follow your first. As we close, though, I want to close in this way before we sing the closing hymn. Would you bow your head and just close your eyes? I want to walk us through some things, and in your own way, perhaps this has bothered you, or maybe you've been hurt by something, And but um, right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, but as you wrestle with the truth that we've just read about lying, perhaps you feel conviction. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord you feel conviction if that's what we need to feel. And thank God because He's faithful, He does convict us. So I just want to invite you right now, if uh, in your own mind, your own way, maybe you need to come to the cross. Will you just visualize yourself coming to the cross with a repentant heart? And ask God to forgive you. I've had to do that. I've already done it. I've, I've 
been to the cross a lot of times, and I know you have too. But let's just go to the cross together. Perhaps we hear Jesus saying, Father, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't realize how serious this is. So just repent. Just ask God to forgive you. And now that he has, because he's a faithful God, can we humbly ask him? Now ask God to fill you with the spirit of truth. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And the good news is not only is God willing to forgive us, but he wants to continue to sanctify us by his spirit. And listen again in Galatians 5, as you're still in the spirit of prayer. Listen to what the fruit, the spirit of truth, the fruit of the spirit is. It's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Thank you, God. Thank you that we can confess our sins to you and you are faithful and just to forgive us and to purify us of all of our unrighteousness. And now we can choose to live in cooperation with the spirit of truth. So God, help us to do that today. Please forgive us, God. Heal and touch those who are feeling the, the woundedness of lies that have hurt their family. May they find forgiveness in their hearts. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Holy Spirit, as only you can. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the strong Son of God. Amen. As we sing the closing hymn, the altar is always open. You may want to come and talk to the Lord about some of these things, or you just may want to come and pray for somebody, or, or maybe you're hurting this morning. But our closing hymn is 382, Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Let's stand together and sing hymn number 382.